What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fire Knife Live podcast. This is Rex Tiumalu here, and today we have a special guest, Brother Lehigh Falipapa Alangi. Many of us at PCC know him. He's a PCC alum. He's an accomplished actor. He is one of the four, I would say, forefathers of Polynesian acting here in this modern era of, of acting and also getting into film and TV. This guy has done it all. Uh, where this podcast kind of starts, we didn't even record an intro because the flow was so good that we were going that it ended up organically becoming what it is that you're about to hear. So, without further ado, let's hear for the brother himself, Lehigh. If I Papa Alangi. together, and I, I was a second AD because I wanted to come and learn. So, How was that, by the way? Man, oh, it was such an amazing experience, but I realized that Polynesian, you know, productions, you know, it's a small budget. So we were doing the lighting. We were doing the, we were doing the acting. We were doing the, <laughs> we were do- carrying everything. I was like, they're like, yeah, usually they have people for this. But then I think I, it made me love it more because, you know, we, we were there all day. It's not like I've been on sets where people just like stay in their trailers and stuff and then they don't help out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to name any names. <laughs> but I was like, dang, man. Like, I've been on like commercial sets with people because I've done like Fire Night commercials, and this, these these stars would come out just to come out and do it, and then they wouldn't talk to anybody, and then they'll go back in their trailer. But everybody, well, that was just like such a hands on project. Yeah. And But it's really cool. It's really cool, though, just to see it because not only are you acting in it, but you're also taking part in the actual creation of it, too. So you really get to see step by step how this film comes together. And you really see, you know, from start to finish, it all come as one. And so it's really cool. You know, like I like said, you know, it's really cool to be a part of it. It's really cool that you were able to see pretty much every aspect of it as well. Yeah, man. Uh- and then they were saying that, too, about Sosefina, too. They were just like, I think that's something I appreciate about, I think, about you, Manu, Nano, and Josh. Like, you guys sacrificed for this art form that I never thought I'd see myself in. I remember when I saw Sosefina's trailer, I couldn't believe my eyes that Polynesians from America are making a movie. Because I see it in New Zealand and Australia all the time. Yeah. But us in America, like, that never happens. You know, how was it like? Doing Sosefina, knowing that it was kind of first of its kind kind of thing. You know, when we shot Sosefina here, I, I will say this. So, unfortunately, I was only there for a week. I thought, I'm pretty sure they shot a little over two weeks, but I only came in kind of towards the tail end of it. And they already had a system going that you had uh, Rex and them there, the other Rex, not you, Rex, the other Rex. <laughs> Yeah, the other Rex there, they had Raiden, and they had everybody there really helping out, and it was a real well-oiled machine. So, unfortunately, I wasn't, you know, really one of the guys that was there, you know, controlling the lights or anything like that, but I was an observer. And it was really cool kind of just to see, sit back and see people who don't really have a big history or really, you know, a big history in the film industry kind of learning as they go and seeing how they take their baby. Cause that's really what it is. That, that, that was, that was Manu and spray baby, the whole Sosefina script. They took that and literally made it into what it is now. And honestly, it was, it was a great thing to kind of sit back and observe because I, I I've been on, on some of these bigger sets, you know, I've been on, you know, these, these Hollywood productions and I've seen, you know, them work and, 
things like that, which, you know, a lot of people kind of keep to themselves in that, in, in that instance. But to see the whole Sosefina cast and crew, which were pretty much the same people, come together, you know, it, it was it, it was breathtaking. You know, it was something that was just, I was absolutely, those people who literally were there, they, you know, as soon as they yelled, cut, and there was a, those actors that went help adjust the lights, you know, they help, you know, adjust, help adjust microphones, you know, kind of give input and feedback as to how things should be. It, it was really, really cool to see that all come together. Yeah. And I honestly shout out to, to Rex and Raiden as well, because Rex and Raiden, I think, uh, were, were the ones who really helped keep everything together. You know, they were kind of the glue to it all. Oh man, yeah! Shout out to Rex and, and Randy, man. My Tafua, my cousins out there, man, over there in uh, San Ho. Yeah, man, like it's crazy because uh, that whole production of it was just it was just crazy to me to see all Polynesian actors in one thing, especially here in America. You know, like when you were first asked about Sosifina, how did you find out about it? Because I know, like, uh, hearing Manu and, and Nano's story, they they. They had a lot of like struggles and up and downs trying to get everything together and get everyone. But how how were you approached for for Sosefina? <laughs> you want to know something funny about that? So, you know, I actually didn't get cast in that film. Really? This the this is the funny part about it. Was it was um, I auditioned for the film? I auditioned, but the role that I auditioned for, I I believe I auditioned for for Drew, who was the the main one of the main characters. Who played opposite of uh, of Diamond Langi, and I I didn't get the part right, and then I think it came down to it. Uh, Manu and them they gave me a call, and and they gave me a call, and they were just pretty much telling me the news, like, oh, sorry, you know, we decided to go a different direction um, with this role, but we appreciate you, uh, we appreciate you know you coming out and doing that, and I was like, hey, you know, honestly. I just want to be a part of this film, whether I'm in the background or whether or not, you know, whatever. And I was in Hawaii at the time. Yeah. And they were, they were planning on shooting this in, in St. George. And I was like, Hey, you know, uh, I'll pay my own way out there. You know, if that's what it takes for me to be in this film, because I wanted to take the initiative and it was like, you know, cause I really felt that this would be a great, a great opportunity just to see, you know, Polynesian magic in, 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 in the works. Yeah. And so, um, uh, if I remember right, Manu kind of just like, you know what, let me let me kind of go back to the board, see what we got. And if we have some room for you, then, you know, we'll let you know. Like, cool. And then I think he calls me like two nights later and he goes, hey, I got this DJ role. You know, it's it's not it's not a big role or anything in the film, but if you want it, it's yours. And so that's how I was able to be become a part of it. And, you know, and, and shout out to them. You know, I absolutely love uh love them so much for that and allowing me to be a part of it because you know they could have easily just been like nah we don't need you <laughs> put you off to the side no, you're good but you know they they allowed me to be a part of it and i'll always love them for that yeah well, i love that too you know that's that's so cool to see like the back end of of all these things and you know knowing that Sotafina was actually supposed to come out this year yeah it was supposed to come out and yeah premiere. it was i was so i was also in I was in New Zealand during that that press run and during the the whole uh, almost premiere <laughs> that <laughs> happened out there. 
Um, man, and it, honestly, it was heartbreaking when COVID hit and they pretty much had to shut everything down. It was so heartbreaking because you literally saw that family who who have been in New Zealand for I I, I think almost an entire year. Mm. I think they were they were living in New Zealand for almost an entire year to try to get Sosafina, you know, on its feet and and in the theaters. But you know, it was so heartbreaking when COVID hit. And they found on the news out that they had to shut everything down. That you know, man, I felt bad for them. For me, you know, I was I was happy to be in New Zealand because you know I served I served an LDS mission in New Zealand. Really? So it, for me, it was kind of a it was kind of a coming home type feeling when I when I was able to go back to New Zealand. But to see them, you know, it, it was truly heart wrenching to see, you know, their entire all that hard work they put into it kind of halted in a moment's notice because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And man, I I felt bad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but you know, knowing them, I guarantee you, you know, they they went back to the drawing board and they're like, you know what, this is you know God's will. We're gonna go back. We're gonna keep on editing, keep on doing what we can to make this film that much more better. And I guarantee you, it's gonna be a hit once it does come out. Yeah, I feel it too. I I felt it too. Uh... You know, me, I'm just getting now into the film industry with this. You know, for me, coming into Tapu set, you know, I'm like just this fire and life dancer kid who wants to make a movie. But just to see what goes behind it and and and, and seeing how much work goes behind it, it's really it's really crazy what you see on TV. That's just like the the end result, you know, that gets you know, the editing, the the casting, it takes forever. But it's really exactly awesome, you know. I remember one of my one of my first uh, one of my first jobs I, I was ever part of. I it was Hawaii Five O. Uh, I got casted to to be this day player in in Hawaii Five O and to uh, be a part of this episode. And it was so funny. We shot like I think it was like two three days. You know, we shot two three days worth of film. Mm-hmm. But when the actual episode came out. Like my entire like portion of that episode was literally boiled down to like maybe two three minutes. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's crazy. It's crazy how much work goes into it, but also how much stuff is left on the cutting room floor as well. You know, yeah. and I guarantee that was just probably the same way with Sosafina. Sosafina, I guarantee once they finished and put everything together at first before making any cuts. I guarantee you that was probably a two, three, maybe four hour film. And so you got to try to figure out what, you know, to kind of trim the fat, so to speak, off of whatever it is you're filming and kind of just get to the meat of it. Um, and man, it's it's crazy how much amount of work goes into. And then it's like only a couple of minutes on the day of. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really cool. It's a really rewarding process to get into. I mean, that's, one of the reasons why I enjoy film so much is because it's it, it there's so much work that goes into it, but then you also be you can also you know kind of sit back on your couch at home once it does air and really relax and just and just watch it. You know, it's like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, for real, I, I always wanted to ask you this too, since we I mean I've known you from the Polynesian Culture Center days, you know. And yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, PCC. And I'm from PCC, how did you get into acting? Like, what was that? 
did you did you already know that you were going to be an actor? Was that always on your mind, or how did that get into your brain? I think and- for me, um, what you call that, that, that's a great question. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of a crazy story. So I was originally I I left. So um, I'm 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 born in Idaho. I was born in Idaho, Napa, Idaho, raised in in Utah here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and then sorry, just kind of a little history about myself. Um, born in Idaho, raised in Utah, uh, graduated from Bingham High School, um, left right after senior year, went back to live in Idaho for a little bit, um, left from Idaho, came back to Utah, went on my mission to New Zealand, and then came back after that and then went to school out in Hawaii. So my original intentions was to go to Hawaii and just be there for school, attend BYU Hawaii, and get my degree. That never really happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I, well, I did. I, I went to BYU Hawaii, and I intended, and, you know, I tried my best. I, I majored in, in IT um, and, and did, you know, everything I could to be a good student. But, man, it was crazy. Like, I kept uh, – I was, I was friends and then roommates with – with PCC guys, guys like Manasse Tamaybel, guys. Manasse. Um, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I was always around guys like, you know, Sonatane Falevai, Taka. you know, I, I was around, always around these guys. Lee Maki was another one, you know, oh. and <laughs> I was always hanging around around this, these guys. I went to the, the cafeteria with these guys and I was like, man, and I would always sit back and listen to their stories at PCC, you know, of them, you know, having fun with the boys and kicking it and, you know, doing this. But in a part of me always felt left out. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, when you're sitting there, you know, we're friends and everything like that. But if 99% of the group are PCC guys and, you know, they sleep, drink, and eat PCC, that one guy in the entire group isn't really going to have much to really share or add to any conversations. Mm-hmm. So then I asked, I asked Manasse one day, I was like, hey, do you mind if I tag along with you guys to PCC? And he goes, oh, you need an ID to get in. I was like, oh, dang it. And then we thought for a second and he goes, don't worry, I'll give you my ID. I'll tell them I forgot my ID. And that's how we'll get you in. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, so, <laughs> so I started out, man, you have no idea. From that point on, I used Manasse's ID. I used... Um, Mateaki Latu. I don't know if you know him. Uh, everyone called him C. Uh, mm-hmm. I used C's uh, ID so many times. I used Lima's ID. I used pretty much everybody's ID, and I never had an ID. But I kept – I always went to PCC because it, it felt like such a brotherhood to be a part of. You know what I mean? And being a guy that was born in Idaho, you know, you really want to be able to kind of get down with your culture too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really couldn't feel, I really didn't feel like, you know, sitting behind a computer all day was a way I can, you know, truly do that. I love, I loved IT. I loved, you know, computers and things like that. But honestly, I just, in a weird cliche way, like it it wasn't my calling. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so so for me, I was just like, I, 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 my heart yearned for something more. So then, you know, once I started, you know, piggybacking with these guys all the way to PCC, you know, I, I was around the village. I could play guitar, so 
I would kind of just, you know, jam the guitar in the village, you know, with some of these guys in the Tongan village. And then, you know, did that for a couple of weeks and then, you know, started learning the the show in the village. They let me, you know, do things like blowing the concha. Oh, <laughs> that, I don't know. If, did I, I don't know if I ever told you that story. Sorry. Little side, little side story for the main story. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time they ever let me uh, perform in the Tongan village was to blow the concho, right? Oh yeah. And so there's a there's a portion in in the Tongan village presentation where they talk about the concho, the kelea, and then uh, two guys will step out, pick up the kelea, and then blow. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was just you know just put your lips on the damn thing and blow, right? That's that's what I <laughs> thought it was. So. They, they told me, like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go do it. And so I walked out, I grabbed the kelea, and I lifted up to my lips, and then all you hear is, oh. <laughs> all you hear is air. And I was like, what the heck? So then I, I was like, maybe I'm not blowing hard enough. So then I, I do, like, I take a deep old breath, and then I blow again, and nothing's happening. And I see, like, <laughs> I see all the, the tourists, all the palangis looking at me, like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so then <laughs> I did the one thing I can only I can only think of. I picked the the conch shell back up, put it back to my lips, and I just went. <laughs> I made the sound with my <laughs> and seriously for like two minutes. I'm just sitting here. Ooh, <laughs> Bro, the whole tongue in section, like everybody behind me was dying with laughter. And I was like, <laughs> I felt so stupid right there, right? I was just like, man, I felt so dumb. But then I did it. And, like, and, and you know, tourists, they didn't really know any better. So they just cut their hands. I came off stage, man. I was like, oh, this is so bad. I, I shouldn't even be here. I'm out of my element. And then I'll never forget this. Old man Fussy, remember Fussy? Yeah, I remember Fussy Tobo. Yeah. yeah, old man Fussy comes up to me. He goes, and he had he had a concha on his hand. He goes, "Dihai, come, let me teach you." And you know, I'll never forget that. You know, that old man. He took out. He took the time, and he sat there with me, and he taught me how to blow the concha. And then he started, you know, then kind of progressed on. He taught me how to, you know, play the drums a little bit. You know, give a beat here and there. Uh, I'll always love Old Man Fossey for that one. But anyway, uh, sidetrack from that story. <laughs> um, from there, it went. I went from working in the village to uh, volunteering at Night Show. <laughs> hey, Night Show. This wasn't really volunteering. It was just like tagging along with the boys and let's see if I can get on stage without really knowing or doing anything. Yeah. And so I get on, uh, you know, after a while, you know, Shuava. Love you, Shuava. Oh, Shuava. <laughs> I love that Shuava, yeah. Shuava, as, as strict as she was, she let me, you know, go on for Matapure. Uh, and for those of you who are listening and don't know what that is, it's just a really small role. You play the role of the, of the talking chief, the talking for the, chief for the village chief, the Ofisakoro. And all you do pretty much is just sit there the entire section of the Tongan section. And then that's how it was. And that's how I ended up uh, kind of starting at Nacho was just kind of doing the whole Matabule thing and kind of learning things there from that. 
um, kind of years passed, I guess you can say. <laughs> and then uh, I, I finally joined PCC, I want to say maybe a year and a half later. Oh, like officially. Officially, yeah. And it was pretty cool. Um, so there's a, there's a musician by the name of Halem. Oh, Uncle Halem, the popcorn guy. <laughs> so Halem, uh, he, he heard me, you know, jamming with the boys kind of in the in the hallway one day. I think it was it was one of our Sunday night jam sessions. You, you came to those, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember those in the breezeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to have, you know, these Sunday night jam sessions. And then one day when we were jamming, you know, when I go jam, bro, I don't give a rat to who's listening. I don't care if I if I sound like junk. I just sing. I don't care. It's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And apparently one of the musicians of, of PCC was he heard me jamming. And so he he approached me the very next night, you know, handed me his guitar, and he goes, Bro, play me something. I was like, Oh, sure. So I don't I don't remember what I played. I think I might have played like a spawn breezy song, Don't Let Go, or something like that. And then he was just like, he, he literally just like, hey, you know, we got a, a musician's uh, position open and I think you should audition. And that's how that started. Um, and I officially became an employee of PCC as a musician. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it was a long time. It was kind of a long time running, you know, almost a year and a half of just, you know, sneaking into PCC and then eventually I, I knew the security guard so they knew I was sneaking in and <laughs> officially it was pretty cool it was pretty cool when I got my very first PCC badge you know with my name and picture on it so that, that was a pretty cool thing to, to, to experience and be a part of and then that from a musician which honestly if anybody I don't care who you are if anybody in the musician's core knew the musicians at PCC, people like the Muti family, Dallin and Tiffany. Back then, back then, there's also Alex Ngalaya'i, Brandon Kahealii, you know, you also yeah. had Travis Uncle and Milton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You had these OGs who have literally been, you know, in the musician core for years, who are the baddest of the bad of the bad when it comes oh, to musicians. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got Dallin with the freaking twinkle fingers, the freaking plays any rift you can just look at for two seconds. You have <laughs> Auntie Sheena, her silk voice, you know. Oh, you also had uh, Auntie Sheena as well. Um, oh. Alaesa, she was there for a little bit as well before uh, her and her family moved uh, moved out of uh, Laia. Mm-hmm. Man, you had great musicians, and honestly, when I joined the musician corps, oh, I could not hang, man. <laughs> the harmonies, that's something that I remember when we used to do canoe show. Sometimes yep. I would drum a canoe or sometimes I drum, you know. But I wish, you know, I, I would have uh, appreciated it more. Because when I came back here, I like the Disney guys, like, you know, they're awesome musicians too. But those guys, you just, they just play around, but they they harmonize, they sing, they can do it all. And they pronounce every Polynesian word in harmony like how was it like singing with them and like kind of learning from them I never did really get a chance to sing with them as a musician because if I just I couldn't I'll be honest man I couldn't learn the material fast enough and I couldn't learn it as fast as as they were wanting to you know uh, 
I had my audition with uh, Uncle Dallin and Kuhio. Oh, man, Kuhio was the man. Yeah, like I had my audition with them and they, they gave me the job. But honestly, I couldn't hang with them. The guys like that who have been doing it for years, like 20, almost 30 plus years, they were just absolutely amazing. And there was no way in a blue hell I would have been able to keep up with them. So, I mean, long story, long story short, <laughs> um, I, I actually made the transition from musician to MC. Hey, yeah. And that's how I, that's how I became an MC. Um, there's a the, a guy by the name of Tupua. I knew. Yeah. Um, he, he he kept telling me. He goes, "Hey, you know, uh, we gotta we're looking for MCs. We need MCs because I was going on a trip or something." And so he kept saying, "You know, we need MCs. We need MCs." So eventually, I made the the, the changeover. Uh, MC Ellen Gay De La Rosa, who was the director at the time, um, she knew I was struggling, and she felt also that. The MC portion was probably a better fit, so that's when I transitioned to MC, and which it was, I, I think, a totally better fit. I mean, not not to clown on my own musicianship skills, but for lack of a better word, I sucked. <laughs> I sucked compared to those guys. So anyway, yeah, made the transition to them uh, to the MC core, and kind of wrote out the rest of my year. Which was absolutely amazing. And then, sorry, to kind of trace this all the way back to the acting question. Yeah, yeah. No, but I love this because I was just uh, asking about that too, because that's how I, you know, how I remember you. But I'll I'll tell you a memory in a bit. But yeah, how did how did it help you become a actor? Like, how did you know that was the path? You know. Um, I mean, when you're on stage, this is what I learned. I'm. Uh, Shout out to my mentors of the MC core. My mentors were people like uh, Norris, oh, Norris yeah. people like the late Witi Shiaoshi, yeah. Uncle Witi, man. Uh, people like Auntie Sia, you know what I mean? Uh, watching these three icons on stage was just absolutely amazing. These three icons were the ones that really, you know, took me under their wings and really taught me what it what it means to to be a good MC, to to be able to take control of the stage, take control of a crowd, and to enjoy it, to find joy in this as well. Because at PCC, it's an extremely repetitive type job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's the same show every day. It's the exact same, you know, dances, same songs. It's a repetitive, it's a repetitive type of job. But these three really, truly taught me to find the joy behind it as well. And so, man, I'll always be indebted to those three. Again, that was Nora Salaesa, Witi Siasi, and my dear, dear Auntie Sia. Sia and so those are the three that really that really helped me, inspired me. And there were other people that definitely helped me along the way to, you know, uh, to help, you know, kind of inspire the craft that I had. Um, and they really helped me really exceed, you know, exceed and be good at something. And so those three honestly taught me everything there was to know about the stage. And then from there, it kind of just transitioned from there from being in the village or working at night show 
um, working on that stage, acting just kind of came with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are days, I mean, I, you know this, there are days where you go and you have to perform in front of hundreds of people and you just don't feel like it. Like you just don't feel like being there at all. You're right. And, you know, for me, like, especially it's even worse the MC because the MC makes or breaks the show. Yeah. You know, so when those are, when you do have those days where you absolutely just don't care, give a damn, that's what really comes into play. <laughs> and thankfully thankfully those type of days were very few to me i can probably count them on one hand but thankfully you know i didn't have too many of those days but you know acting was truly something i learned from that element and then um you know thanks to tapua again uh the guy that you know told me about the mc job thanks to tapua um, I was also able to get on a play at at the at BYU. They oh. were they were doing um, they were doing a uh, a Samoan version of Romeo and Juliet on oh, the BYU stage. <laughs> oh snap! And so that was another uh, that was another great experience for me. I was able to kind of kind of reopen my eyes to a different side of acting, you know, and to truly becoming someone else. And the directors there. Uh, Aaron and Crystal Densley, shout out to them as well. Mm -hmm. Those two also really help refine the actor in me. And it was pretty much thanks to them that kind of started, really sparked the love for acting. And it came from that one play where I played, I played a character by the name of Paris, who dies, spoiler alert. <laughs> Romeo kills him. That bastard. I know. <laughs> but Romeo, Romeo ends up killing him. And then, uh, yeah, anyway, um, it was from there that I truly ignited my passion for acting. And yeah, and it was there that I kind of met, like, I kind of was able to get through to my very first gig of acting, which was working in the islands. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the islands. Yeah. islands. So the way I got that job, was actually from the Romeo and Juliet. It got it all kind of, you know, dominoes into one another. Um, David Naliai was the um, was the stunt coordinator of that film, and he saw me acting in that play, the Romeo and Juliet, and then approached me and asked me if I wanted to work on the islands, and then that was the very first production I was ever a part of. Man. So that's how kind of my acting career started. It was all from tagging along with the boys at PCC or getting to Hawaii first, tagging along with the boys, volunteering, getting a job, learning, and then on on camera. <laughs> now, how was that process getting into the islands? You know, did you guys have to audition for that? Because I know you, Ricky, a lot of the PCC boys, the Laie boys are in there. Like, what was and where can, can we see that anywhere? Because I I've always see it on like Umi's page or or uh, Peel's pages here and there, but how was that? Yeah. You know, movie. So that film, um, the way we we all kind of, it was funny. So basically, we all we all got roles in that film based off of the recommendation of David Ngariai. Hmm. So pretty much, if David Ngariai didn't recommend any of us, none of us would have been on that film. Yeah, that's. 
that's pretty much it. That's how we all got in. That's how Ricky got in. Um, that's pretty much how all of La Ia got in. <laughs> that's how that's how Tawida, um, Tawida Napa, um, that's how she first auditioned and got the role of Chief S. It was through uh, David Naleai. I believe. I think. I'm pretty sure that's how it was because their families are really close. David's wife is uh, from the Cook Islands as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how pretty much all of La Ia <laughs> came to be a part of of the island's film was all through David Nariai. So really, I mean, I think I owe my the start of my career to that guy right there. Yeah. Um, the island, the film itself can be seen online. I think if you just Google it, um, you can watch it online. Um, <laughs> it's not the greatest movie in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's great promotion, man. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, no, no, no. So I'm I'm forever grateful for the experience. Um, uh, a friend of mine that I worked on a, another film with, he asked me seriously. Uh, he literally just asked me, uh, Doctor Dave Fane. Um, he's oh, from Dave he's Fane. From, uh, Dave Fane. He's from uh, New Zealand. When the movie premiered and came out to theaters in New Zealand. He pulled me aside and he whispered to me, he goes, Burr, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. He's like, is this film is this film worth watching? If you say it is, I'll go watch it tonight. If you say it's not, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him the I was like, himself. What was that? He, the naked someone himself, David Fonny, man. I can't believe. <laughs> cool man, one of the coolest cats you'll ever meet, man. Him and Oscar Knightley, no, two OGs from New Zealand, the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. Uh, but anyway, so he asked me about it, and I was like, he goes, give me your honest opinion. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> the movie isn't. <laughs> oh, I have to be completely honest with you. It's not that great. <laughs> and then he goes, well, thank you for your honesty. And then uh, that's uh, – and it's honestly, like anybody who ever asks me where they can watch it, I always tell them where they can watch it. And then they have, if they ask me, you know, oh, is it a great film? You know, I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be straight, man. I want to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Now, as crazy, and that's a tale for a whole other podcast, bro. The whole, like, our experiences on the islands. As crazy as that film production was, I, always, I will always be grateful for it because it it really was the door to my acting career. It was the one thing that kind of opened the door, opened the pathway to all the other projects that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll always be grateful, you know, shout out to David Nariati again. We're thinking of me and, and asking me to be a part of that film. Um, no, it's just been, it's been amazing, man. Yes. That's crazy. Like, was it a big? Was it kind of like an indie film? Was it budgeted by like a, by like a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was basically an indie film. It was, it was, a, it was an indie film, an independent film. Uh, so yeah, sorry. So for those of you who are listening, indie means independent. You know, it's not really backed by any major corporation like you know Universal or Sony or you know Marvel, anything like that. It's not really backed by any of these big companies. But you know, it was a, it was a film nonetheless. Yeah. And it had it had a pretty good cast too, you know. What I mean, it had 
um, legendary actors like Mira Sorvino, who was an Oscar winner. It had uh, John Savage, absolutely, you know, great guy in there. And so mm-hmm. it had it had heavy names behind it. It's just, yeah, it, it, for lack of a story to tell behind it, it just it, it just kind of missed its mark. Yeah. Dang, I love that you give your honest opinion because, like, I feel like some actors that get into movies and they're probably like, oh, man, this kind of sucks. But I'll just go and say it's great because, like, I'm a part of it and, like, the studio. <laughs> but I'm going to honest with No, that. I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I know, like, even even for myself, you know, I know I'm not the – I know I'm no, you know, Denzel Washington. I know <laughs> I'm not, you know, on Dwayne Johnson's level or anything like that, but – you know, somehow I keep getting, I keep booking jobs. So I'm like, oh, I must be doing something right. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just going to keep riding this wave for as long as I can. Yes. I want to ask you about a, a, a particular project you're a part of, but I know there hasn't been any really news about it. It's kind of in secrecy a little bit, but uh, Taika's film about, Amer- I don't know if it's about the American Samoan soccer team. I don't know if you can tell us anything about it, but. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, man, so that was one of the most recent projects I did. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a movie entitled Next Goal Wins. You can Google it. It's actually based off of a documentary of a team from American Samoa mm-hmm. who basically sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, who basically were it wasn't a great program. I believe the last time they had an international uh, qualifier match they had it against um or during that time frame i apologize so during that time frame they had an international uh qualifier match to get to the fifa world cup and they played against uh australia and i think they lost like 30 to zero holy crap come on son. i don't know if anybody here knows soccer but normally soccer scores are like two to three you know <laughs> two to zero you know, maybe get into the, you know, low double digits, like maybe 10 goals. You know, that's an absolute butt whipping if you get to 10. But 30? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's it's a Cinderella story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's a movie. I, I like to compare it to the films kind of like uh, Cool Runnings. I think Cool yeah, Runnings. Cool Runnings, yeah. Um, you, you hear about this, you know, bobsled team from jamaica you know (laughs) to you know and they're like what the heck you don't have snow there you know and pretty much there's these nobodies from a little island in the pacific who become pretty much worldwide names Mm -hmm. and personally i think that's exactly the the same story when it comes to this particular one with next goal wins with uh with taika taika damn this dude is on a whole nother level. Yeah, how like, is it working with him? How is his directing style? Because I've really been studying him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, it was a bit it was a bit nerve wracking to me at first because you know you they brought in heavy hitters. You know, guys like David Fane, guys like Oscar Knightley, Beulah from Hawaii Five O. They brought in you know uh, Michael Fassbender from freaking X Men. You know, Magneto himself. Wow. Magneto himself is the main character of the film, you know, and you got, you know, other ones like, you know, uh, Arnie Hammer. You guys got guys like uh, 
or uh, other actresses like uh, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Moss, you know, Academy Award winner Elizabeth Moss. Like this is a stacked deck. Like this is man, I am so blessed. I seriously like God could have given this role to anybody, but I am so blessed that I was able to have you know just a fraction of 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 the just a small part in this film. And honestly, it's it, it was an amazing experience altogether. Taika is a comedic genius. His thinking is on another level. His thinking goes ten thousand miles an hour, and you gotta keep up with that type of thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know, me being—I mean, for those of you who don't know me, I'm this like six foot, three hundred fifty pound guy. And you're like, yeah, I'm a I'm a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? So just, oh man. For the for anybody who's gonna watch it, I hope every you know, I'm gonna be honest. I hope everybody goes out and watches this film. It's gonna be a film for the ages. Yeah. And that excites me being a, a Samoan, you know what I mean? Like and seeing a lot of our stories. I, I think Taika said this. In uh, in his when he won his, uh, I almost say Grammy. I can't be Grammy Oscar. Where he yep. said he loves it when the indigenous people take back their stories, you know. And yeah, he dedicated his Oscar <clears throat> to the indigenous storytellers. Yes, yes, and you being a Polynesian actor, and and being able to tell these stories or be a part of people's projects, how how important is it, you know, for us as a Polynesian to take our stories and run with it and show it, even though like we don't have the big budgets, like all of us, like even in inner battle, when we're doing inner battle, we don't have a huge budget, but we just have such a passion for our culture. And we really see it being yeah, misrepresented because it's everywhere kind of now because of rock and Jason and mm-hmm. Rika and things like that. But how important is it to you for our people to, you know, take our stories and tell them. If we're not going to tell the stories who will, Mm-hmm. That's really that's really what it comes down to. If we're not going to tell the stories, then who will? Um, I, I love it best. Denzel Washington. He was asked the question about one of his previous films, and he goes, and um, it was pretty much an all black cast, right? And I, I I forget which film it is in particular. I was just kind of watching this clip on YouTube, and uh, the interviewer asks him, he goes, you know, how come you know? Why, why do you think this film wouldn't have worked? I'm just paraphrasing. But the interviewer said, why, wouldn't you, why don't you think this film would have worked with a white director? And then he goes, it's not about color, but it's all about culture. It's a cultural thing. You can't have somebody outside of the culture portraying your culture. Does that make any sense? You know? you know what I mean? Like That's what I love so much about Taika. Is like, Taika literally... He's a Polynesian of descent. He grew up in the islands of Polynesia. He grew up in New Zealand. That guy's Maori to the day he died, you know. But he to have to him to have him, you know, tell a Polynesian story, nobody else, nobody else could have told this story, you know, the way that he told it. And so it for me, it's just like, man, if we don't tell the stories, then who will? And that's the sucky thing about it too, is because Polynesians are so critical extremely critical meaning that they gonna talk crap about 
anything and everything that's, you know, quote unquote non Polynesian. You see it on TikTok a lot. Yeah. You see some of these Palangis on TikTok, you know, they like try to dance, you know, try to do a farapu, you know, try to, you know, paoti or try to spin a knife. You know, the sad part about it is, is with the cancel culture that we have these days, all the Polynesians who come up, all the Polynesians are coming up and saying, yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's not your culture. You know, it's like, hey, how about you post a picture or a video of you doing it? Yeah. Are you going to post a video? That's the thing. That's the thing that irritates me the most about that kind of stuff. It's like, hey, if you don't like the way they're doing it, like, okay, cool. That's your opinion. But if you're going to try to teach them through your comments how to do it, damn, you might as well post your own video. Yeah. That's what I love. That's what I love about. Um, uh, I, I love this so much about uh, Mikaela's uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I love so much about Mikaela's TikTok because Mikaela, um, if for those of you who don't know, Mikaela is a what a five-time five time Fire Knife champion. champion. Yeah, Mikaela is a five-time World Fire Knife champion. But on his social media, all he posts on his social media is teaching opportunities to share the culture. Yes. Well, he'll do things like husking a coconut, climbing a tree, spinning the knife. You know, you, you've seen, uh, I think he was making a basket the other day or a hat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, these are those type of uplifting style uh, things that, that we need to see a lot more of. And it's sad. It's sad that, you know, we've come to the, the point in our lives where everyone's trying to cancel everything. But, yeah. you know, as Polynesians, we need to literally stop hating on everybody for trying to portray our culture and actually portray it for them, you know, to actually show the world what we're made of or who we're supposed to be, how to correctly dance, how to move your hips, how to haka, how to, you know, take uh, your head when you're dancing, you know, correctly show these people how it's done yeah. and not simply can hate behind the freaking comment section. Yeah. I love that. It's kind of like that crab mentality, right? It's like one crab tries to get out, but the other crabs pull him down. You know exactly, exactly. The other crabs trying to hold him back, and then, and and that goes the same with to to anybody who's even trying to even stepping into the acting industry. You know that I, I get questions all the time. You know, hey, how can I break out into the industry. How can I get my first acting job? And it's like, man, honestly, I can teach you how you can do it, and I can give you the tools to do it. But unless you actually do it yourself, you're never going to actually be able to make it. Yeah, Acting is so hard to break into, and it takes so much time and effort that if you're not willing to put it in, put the effort in, then good luck, you know? Yeah. And so for me, you know, I've been, I've been absolutely blessed. I've, I've been able to be on different movies and different TV shows, you know. Um, I've been absolutely blessed with it. But I never take it for granted, you know. I, every every blessing that comes, every whether it be a small commercial or a big budget movie, you know, it's it's all the same blessing coming from the man upstairs. Yeah, I love that man. We ourselves need to actually, you know, share the stories. We need to be guys like you, you know, guys, you know, manuscripts, you know. Guys like, you know, the Tonga family. The Tonga family is here in Utah, you know. you Every time they're here in Utah, you know, they're always going on another podcast. Like, I think that other podcast, Village Made Podcast. And, mm. you know, sharing their stories, sharing about their experiences. That's how we share our culture with the world. 
mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something we all need to do. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I would say this, man, like, and, and PCC, you we were always someone I looked up to, man. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I was just this kid, like people knew me as like a fire night champion. People knew me as like BJ and Mika's like, uh, you know, kind of like student and, you know, that did my own path and things like that. And but when I came to Hawaii, I was just starting new and seeing what you were doing. And even like you teaching me the, the laka laka in the breezeway. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta say, I man, I was really inspired by by the work you're doing. Like now, getting into acting because this this Saturday is my uh, my like second project doing this like indie film. And just because I've see I saw your auditions, like I didn't see your auditions, but I see that you were doing the audition tapes and things like that. So that made me want to do it because I was like, you know what, I perform. Let me try and just because of the view, like. I see there's well, that's the thing is that like that's literally the very first step is this you just gotta try it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you fail and you suck, okay. At least you know, but at least you can tell yourself, hey, I did the damn thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that I mean, bro, hats off to you, man. I hope I literally hope, you know, this acting stuff goes well for you, man. I hope the Lord blesses you with so many opportunities, you know. Keep it up, bro. That's that's the way it should be. You should always be striving to better yourself and, uh, you know, follow your dreams, man. Hashtag dream chasing. <laughs> no, for real. Like, what keeps you motivated? Because, like, I, like I've, I've seen a lot, even my friends here that do, like, acting gigs here and there, the, there's always a great, there's a great gig, and then there's a lot of famine in it. Like, what do you say for people that are chasing the dream and this is what they want to do full time? But, you know, how... What do you say to those people that are striving, that are new to the game or trying to get into the game? Just like this, the phrase says, when you're chasing your dream, it's a constant chase. No matter what, man, you're always chasing. And you're going to fail. They're, they're, you're, gonna, you're not going to get the job. You're not going to you know, get the role you wanted or you feel like you were, you were destined for. You're, there will be opportunities where you fail. But the one or two opportunities that you actually get to the door and the one or two opportunities that you get to make yourself shine, man, that makes it so much worth it. And like I said, man, this this whole acting career thing, especially for those of us who are starting out, it's an endurance race. It's not a speed race. It's an endurance race. It's, it's that type of thing where you're just like, man, you got so many miles to go. Go at your pace, of course, but don't quit. Mm-hmm. You gotta find how you're talking about. Find that motivation for you. My motivation, honestly, my motivation is: I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to have nothing, and so that for me, that's my motivation to be like: I'm. I don't ever want to feel like I'm struggling ever, mm-hmm. ever. You know, I don't. I. I always. This is a. Uh, I shared this. I think there's only one other person I shared this with, and um, his name is Pilts. Oh, Pilts. <laughs> Pilts. Yep. Hey. Pilts, is, Pilts is a really good friend, dear friend of mine, and uh, he, we, him, and I were talking, and we were talking about you know, our dreams and you know things we're chasing mm-hmm. after. I was like, bro, you know, honestly, one of my greatest dreams in life, one of my biggest goals in life, is to give my mom 
a million dollars. That's honestly, bro, that's like one of the biggest dreams I have in my life is I want to literally give my mom this bank account with a million dollars in it and just tell her, you don't have to worry. You don't have to want nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of my biggest motivations as well. Yeah, that's powerful. But it's also good, you know, it's also good to surround yourself with good people, you know, people who believe in your dreams almost more than you believe in your dreams. The one person I can really pick off from that is my, my lovely wife, Crystal. You know, one of the biggest reasons why uh, I was so attracted to this this lady right here, you know, right, uh, you know, right before we even started dating was because she believed in my dreams more than I did. You know, she believed that I can be anything I wanted to be, whether it be a, a actor or a performer, whatever I wanted to be. She believed that I can do it. And that kind of belief, that kind of motivation is toxic. It really is toxic in a good way, meaning that you're I, maybe toxic isn't a good word for it. <laughs> contagious? Contagious. Is it contagious? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I'm not <laughs> <toxic>. <laughs> well, I love you. She's in the other room. Um, no, that that type of that type of uh, belief and that type of motivation is contagious, <laughs> and it truly is. You know, you catch it. You know, if, if you surround yourself with good people, you know, what did a uh, pitbull say in a song once? Um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Oh. You know what I mean? Is show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And then like I was like, damn, that's trippy, man. And it's true though, too. It's just like you gotta surround yourself with those type of people. You know, I have a very close circle of friends, you know, especially you know, circle of actors that um whenever I go, if I ever I need help or need places to go, things like that. You know, they're there helping me. They're there pushing me along, you know. Mm-hmm. So surround yourself with good people, you know, find yourself a goal and attain it. Yeah, I love that. I, I think I'm thinking about it a lot because, you know, being in this, trying to be in the film game, especially as a Polynesian, a lot of people don't believe in that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, I kind of felt like, Writing the script, writing it, and I was just like, "Man, who, who's gonna, who's gonna want to watch this?" When it, like it felt right to me. Yeah. And then just slowly and slowly, I was just passing it off to to people that I thought would would love it, and and then it made me realize like who who supported the dream and who didn't, and it got lonely. You know what I mean? Pursuing this dream, so. Very true. Damn, that is so true. Yeah, like until. You know what I mean? Like most of the people that I, I, I mean, I'm not afraid to say this because I've, I've said this on a podcast before that the people that believed in the movie are people that don't live in my hometown. Because mm-hmm. in the hometown, they're like, oh, you and your brother and Mika, you're like, all you guys will do is fire knock. You know, that's it. But that's not all I want to be. Like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be just known as a as a dancer, fire knock dancer. I want to do something that not, not hasn't been done before, but I want to do more. You know what I mean? But it was, it just hurt that like it took other people to believe in it for me to be like, okay, it gave me the confidence. So like hearing you speak about like the people that you surround yourself with, I kind of had to find new friends. 
it's true though, man. It really is because if you're not around the right people, if you're not in the the circle, your your dream will fail, man. It, it it will. You have to surround yourself with people who believe in you more than you do because there are going to be days. I guarantee this is this has happened to me more than once. There are going to be days where not even you believe you can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are going to be days where not even you believe that you can make it. Not even you believe that your dream is attainable. And so when you have those dates, you got to be surrounded by people who will, who will give it right back to you, who will literally tell you, hey, shut up. You're stupid. What are you doing? You know, people will kick you in the moody if you really need it. Yeah. You know, you have to surround yourself with those type of people and just get rid. I mean, not necessarily get rid, you know, but just distance yourself from those who don't believe in it. Like, if you don't believe in me, cool. You know, I'll still love you. You know, Rex, if you don't believe in my dream, hey, that's cool, bro. I love you. I, I love you no less. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? You got to really surround yourself with people who are willing to to be there for you, man. You're right, man. And like this whole conversation, like, was my eyes that this is this is the path that you know that I that I want to be on because I see you do. I never thought, you know, I never thought that us Polynesians here in the U.S. would want to do things like this. So, you know, it's crazy too because, like, you know, as an actor, you'll go through and you know you'll you'll set up things like you know you'll put together like demo reels or you know things you know basically uh visual resumes of what you've done in the past you know and it was crazy there was one day where i was on the computer because this uh this uh this casting director she wanted to see you know kind of a compilation of different things i've done specific to what they were looking for so i kind of opened up my my little folder here and i was going through all of the all the tv shows i've been through and i really i met i took a step back and i looked into that file like damn i've done a lot yeah you know like i really sat back and i was just like wow you know in in this short what three years i've been acting i've been so blessed you know and 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 sometimes like you said like like for example this year this year has been, you know, a tough year as an actor because there's not a lot going on, you know, unless you're like mainstream Hollywood, like truly in that, you know, uh, A-list, you know, area. You know, there's not a lot for us little actors. And so for me, when I opened up my folder and I looked at what I've done in the past, I was like, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. You know, COVID, you know, kind of forced everybody into a cave and, you know, Things all slow down, but hey, look what you've done, you know? Look what you've done. Look at what the Lord has blessed you with. I guarantee you, man, you'll you'll that fire will reignite, like, yep, everything will be fine. I love that. And like but anytime Rex, you know, anytime you need that motivation to be, you know, thrown back your way, bro, give me a call, man. I'll happily help you, bro. No, man, like for real, I I I always think about the time I, and this never left me. This never left me after the years I left, you know. I remember during Laka Laka with you, you just taught me and then like a couple of weeks later I did it. You know what I mean? Because that night I did knife. Which was yeah. probably I, I wanted to ask you about that night. Like the first night because the first one I came to, to do knife, I wasn't really working for a PC. I would David's like, Hey, 
you know, do you want to dance knife show? Knife, like fire knife, main fire knife. I was like, are you serious? Do I have to like <laughs> papers? He's like, nah. I asked Ellen Gay, and she said, oh yeah, Rex, yeah, BJ's brother, yeah, the fire guy, yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, what the heck? And that never happened before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember like seeing you in the in the lineup area. When I see, you know, what's his name, Ben. <laughs> Ben Fuimono, all those guys, and just it was always an honor to to dance with you guys. But I'll never forget the time that uh, after we did the the Laka Laka, you know, after the Laka Laka, it pretends like it's raining. Yeah, and you had to run out. I remember you looked at me and you're. I, 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 to me, I always felt like you were proud. I was like, you know, because you taught me and stuff, and you just gave me this big hug and we walked in the thing, and I was like, man, I just felt at home because I was just like, bro, like. You know, if he's to see it, it was, I just felt alone because I was just moving from Florida because I was just trying to run away from problems. You know what I mean? So, like, seeing you do your thing and hanging out with you, hanging out with all those guys made me realize, like, yo, I can, I can have the confidence to do what I do. What I want to do now, you know? Bro, I, I, and honestly, I think I actually do remember that night. I remember that night really well. And honestly, man, it, bro, you're talented, man. You know, you're talented. And th- here's the thing, too, is like you're you yourself, Rex, you're not just a one trick pony. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? You are known as the fire knife guy. But, bro, if anybody has known you from, you know, the PCC days, bro, you are super talented, man. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're 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 getting into the acting. I'm grateful that you're trying to expand your horizons, because honestly, bro, you could do it, man. You can make it. And I'm not just BSing, bro. You can make it. I haven't made it yet. I'm still trying to make it. But, hey, you and me both, we can make it. <laughs> Dude, I would love to be up there with you. Bro, you're already way past me. Like, <laughs> Still bubble gum, this guy right here, man. Oh, man, I wanted to ask, like, since you're in Utah now, do you miss Hawaii? Or are you like, uh, because I even when I left Hawaii, I was like, I'm going to miss it. But I think I'm ready to go back home and and get back into, you know, with this newfound confidence and and skill, you know? I miss the stage. Yeah, I miss it. I miss, and, and honestly, and really when it comes down to it, like for me, especially in the career path I've chosen, I miss my roots, <laughs> if yeah. that makes any sense. Like, I was telling my wife about this the other day, and bro, honestly, I almost started tearing up, man. There's There's little things I miss, like, do I miss Hawaii? Of course I do. Am I glad I'm in Utah now doing what I'm doing now? Of course. But the little things I miss, I miss the people. You know, I miss being around, you know, the Vimatina crew. I miss being around all the boys back there and and just and feeling of the, the feeling of Ohana, you know, the feeling of Aloha. Mm-hmm. I miss the roar of the crowd. Oh, yeah. Damn, I miss that. Bro, you, you don't know, man. I'm like a freaking junkie, you know, wanting to have that feeling again. I miss it so much. I miss hearing applause. I miss seeing people get on their feet and clap. I miss, you know, uh, I was just so weird to say, but bro, I miss the sweat of it all. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you have no idea. Like, the performing arts part bro i i miss it every single day and, the, and and there's not a single performer there is not a single performer you can find today 
especially PCC people who will, who, who will not agree with me, they miss it. You know, they miss that feeling, that hype. You know, when I, I, I remember seeing you, I remember seeing you, I came out and I watched you solo at, at Fire Night, at, at, uh, at Night Show. I saw you getting hyped from the crowd, how the crowd was just, you know, yeah. feeding into your energy and you gave it right back mm-hmm. as you were performing. You know, it's that feeling that I miss. Man. The politics behind everything? Heck no, I don't miss any of that. Yeah, we could, that could be another podcast, too. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole other three. That's a whole other three or four podcasts. When it comes to the politics behind the performing, but yeah. the actual in the moment, in the feeling of that moment, oh, dude, I miss it so much. I will never forget, like before, Laka Laka. We're all lined up to it's Toa Luna time, and we're all just like in the about to go line up. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know that. Like, even Canoe Show, too, because I'm thinking about my parents, like, because my mom was there and my uncles and aunts. I was like, what the heck? I can't believe this. That's the other thing, too, man. Like, you know, performing for your parents, man. Like, when I got a chance to perform for my mom, bro, it was. It's it's a, it's a whole separate feeling that you'll never forget too, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, being able like it, when I performed, um, my dad, I my my dad who you know passed away a few years back. Luckily, my dad was able to to come to PCC and he he saw me perform. He saw me um, be the the master of the drum, the solo drummer at night show. He saw me, you know dance the whole tongue in section, you know, and for him to see me, you know, Idaho grown little boy that he always knew performing the culture of our forefathers to see that and to see how proud he was of that will be another memory that I'll never forget. And that was probably one of the proudest moments of my performing career was being able to perform for my parents. Oh, man. Ah. You can get me. You can get me crying on this podcast, man. <laughs> Bro, I like I. I get to perform still every night, and I and it's, you know, it's. There's nothing like that stage. Like, like yeah, Disney's a huge stage, you know, and like, but, you know, that's that's what holds the culture together. You know what I mean? And that, it's just another feeling. Yeah. Uh, another thing that that really like uh, freaked me out about night show is that. People like got emotional, you know, watching the show. Like I've never seen a Polynesian show do that, you know. Yeah, where like people will come up, you know, guys and gals alike, you know, they'll come up at the end of the show, every age with tears in their eyes. Yeah, I've never seen that in another show, other than a night show, you know. PCC, bro, it's 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 a special place. It truly is a blessed place. And you, there's no, there's no other place like it. There isn't, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I've seen other shows. You know, I've seen. Actually, come to think of it, I've pretty much I've seen every single show that Hawaii had to offer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should say Oahu had to offer. Yeah. You know, Oahu's kind of like the hub of of all the the big luau's. Yeah. And honestly, I've I've seen all these all these shows and. 
you know, honestly, when it comes down to it, there isn't a show like Ha Breath of Life. There isn't a place like PCC mm -hmm. to where you literally can walk away with tears in your eyes. There isn't. I mean, unless you're Auntie Sia performing on any dang stage she performs on, you know, yeah. you, any stage Sia performs on, you guarantee she's going to have that entire crowd in their feels, man. Like, no, she's real. amazing. Amazing. She's the best, honestly. <laughs> she's the GOAT when it comes to MC performers. She is the absolute GOAT. Yeah. But there isn't a place like PCC anywhere else on Earth. They, I, I, I can't remember who said this, but somebody said this, and it's always stuck with me. Was Disney Disneyland may be the happiest place on Earth, but the islands is where you'll find the happiest people on Earth. Yo, mic drop. Say a louder for the people in the back, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Like honestly, I've I've always believed that. I've always believed that, you know, Disneyland may be the happiest place on earth, but if you want to find the happiest people on earth, you got to travel to Polynesia. And where can you see all of Polynesia in one place? PCC, the Polynesian Culture Center, located in La Ia, Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Just add that little plug in there. Yeah. You know what I love about, you know, I loved about even doing the Elite Luau too, like, it was just always something new, something like, you know, the, the Elite Luau was kind of like the new, like, okay, I almost hit the newbies. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> oh, sorry if whoever works at Elite Luau right now, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Who's hearing this? That's like the, noob, the newbies. And then when I came back to PCC like three years later to support my brother in the competition, yeah, and I saw those people that were starting an elite luau. Then now they're in night show. Now they're like the clicky, not the clicky groups. Now that now we are now I'm just shooting myself in the foot. But now, now they're the they're the hot stuff. Yeah, and they're like oh, I see. Them. <laughs> oh yeah, good thing I don't do canoe show and stuff. I was like, man, if only you guys like would appreciate. You know what I mean? Like that is such a special time for us. You know, even for us that like I knew I wasn't gonna be there forever. Like I I knew it would be a temporary thing, but. What is one thing that that you know from PCC from dancing over there that you bring into your life? You know, because Crystal, she she was in uh, Hawaii during our time. Well, I was only there for a little bit, but I she was there when I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was there. Um, her and I, I don't even. I think when you were there, her and I weren't even dating. I don't even. I don't even think I knew her when you were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know for me, like w there's so many different life lessons I've learned at PCC. There's so many things I've learned about myself at PCC. I think PCC is, is a place where you truly learn who you are. Not that Mufasa line right there. No, no, no. Like, it, it truly, I think it really is because if you think about it, if you really, if you really think about it, the majority of, of, you know, people who come from the islands, for example, the dancers who come directly from Samoa, Fiji, Tahiti, Tonga, wherever, um, this is the first time any of them have ever actually been away from home. 
you know, with the exception of those who have served missions, things like that. But this is literally the first time any of them have been away from home in a setting such as this among people who are pretty much the same age as them. So you think about it, you're literally learning who you are in the real world, so to speak. You know what I mean? You're learning who you are away from your family, who you are away from prying eyes, people who are trying to look at you, you know, who know you, you know, that type of stuff. And so for me, PCC was a place where I truly learned a lot more about myself and who I was as a person. You know, I, I dealt with so many, so much crap. I've dealt with so much happiness there as well, you know, kind of from both ends of the spectrum. And honestly, I, I truly felt I left PCC a better person. I really do. And it's just because I was able to learn more about who I was as a person. And not only that, you get to learn more about your culture, more things that not even you yourself knew about, you know. And so especially for me, you know, being an American-born Tongan, you know, even though I do speak Tongan, you know, it was really cool to learn even more about my culture, even more about the history, even more about the roots of the motherland. And so it's it's been an amazing thing. Yeah, amazing we we got to go there for the 60th that's, that's how it was 23. For we got to go. <laughs> yeah, three more years. Three more years, man. Then Is that 23? Then here we go. <clears throat> hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, um, Hopefully with all this, you know, new world order crap or whatever that's going on in this world, you know, hopefully it'll be, it'll, it'll all work out and we all get to travel back to the place that we love. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a OG by any means of PCC, but PCC is a place where I'll always be grateful for, man. Always be grateful for. La Ia will always, you know, be a special place uh, in my heart, man. That was a huge wake up call for me. When I went back to PCC, uh, I, I danced canoe show when I came back later. You know what I mean? Uh, I just left. I went to Disney and stuff, but I came to dance. It was the last yeah. two weeks of rainbows, you know? Yep. Yeah, it was. Last yeah. two weeks of rainbows. Rainbows is there for what? 10 Orlando, plus years? They were a part of rainbows and ancient legends, you know? And so. To dance there and be like, yo, this is the last time I get to do the Angi, even though I'm freaking Samoan. <laughs> like, this is, you know. <laughs> I know. I used, I, I used to be like, and Aleki, they're like, Rex, you do the Angi. I'm like, what the heck? There's Tongan people here that know how to speak Tongan. Why me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're good, man. And that's the cool thing about those type, you know what I mean? You know, bringing that up too, like talking about guys like Shannon Milford and guys like Aleki, things like that. Like, you know, PCC was always a place where people gave opportunities. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, and then I think for you yourself, like you're always going to remember that, you know what I mean? That they gave you that opportunity to be a Tongan in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, no matter what culture it is, I mean, for me, I another cool cool thing that I was oh, able to yeah. part of was being the Tahiti priest. And I, you know what I mean? Like, 
I will always be grateful for that. I'll always be grateful for uh, Uncle John and giving me that opportunity to to be a part of the Tahitian culture. And come to find out, I, I found this out, you know, a really? couple of years later. I actually have roots down in Tahiti. Yeah, like my mom did. My mom's big into genealogy, huge into genealogy. She traced our genealogy, our roots, back to Tonga, to Samoa. Yeah. We have roots in Fiji. We have roots in Tahiti. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the, the main Polynesian cultures that we have roots in. Okay. It's Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, and Tahiti. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, I literally have this entire Tahitian bro, section not, bro. on my family tree, man. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. I just sound like a freaking Modi. <laughs> oh, you're on a bird. <laughs> on a bird. <laughs> oh, man. No, and so, you know, it, it was really an amazing thing to be a part of, to, to do that, you know what I mean? And to, yeah, to that must have been get down with my Tahitian roots. I was drumming that section, <laughs> and when you came out, I was like, man, that's a lot of words. <laughs> It what man, I I don't know how much more time we got on this podcast, but <laughs> bro, he you know it's trippy about it. So the first time, so John John approached me, John Mariterangi, um, he approached me about learning it. So he gave me the script, right? He gave me the script, and I was learning it. I think for like the first two two or three weeks, I had like maybe the first paragraph memorized. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, you know what I know something that's hilarious? There was one night, there was oh, one night where no priest showed up. Nobody who could do the priest showed up. And you know me, you know what I mean? I, I show up anyway because it's like right after Luau, so I'm there. And I'm I'm getting ready to go home. And then David Tiave comes up to me and he goes, hey, we don't have a priest for tonight. And I was like, Okay. What do you want me to do? I, like, you can't expect me to go on that stage. I only got the first paragraph memorized. <laughs> and there's like freaking 20 paragraphs in this thing. <laughs> uh, and he goes, he goes, no, you, you got to do it. Because if you, and she goes, you're the only one that knows it, that knows some of it. And, you know, and you, you're just the only one that can do it oh. right now. Nobody else knows any Tahitian. I was like, oh, Ghana. The yeah, the, the big and I even, guy, I yeah. think, do you remember Ghana? Yeah, even Kana too. Like I think Kana was there, but yeah. Kana like he oh, found Kana, out nobody was there yeah. and he left. He just gapped it. He's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, my little Kana. I love Kana though. Kana, my man. Though. Love that dude. But, like there was literally nobody there, so I was like, frick. How like mean? Like mean? This is my first time ever going on stage, and I don't even have the full script memorized. So I step up. <laughs> I step up on stage and I, I deliver the first paragraph that I knew. And then after that, like, oh, man, I, I delivered the first paragraph and then I repeated it again. And you know what I mean? And night show is all about cues. Mm -hmm. So people hear different words and uh, <laughs> things that are being said and they go off that cue. I didn't know any of the cue words. I knew nothing. So like, I knew basically where the, as far as timing was, I knew basically where 
the cues were supposed to come in. So I would literally just like I walk to the other side of the stage and just extend my arm out towards the musicians <laughs> and like kind of no, give them that no. look, like hey, hurry the hell up and play. <laughs> the drummer said, "I'm not gonna freaking play." But I think I, I went. The first part was Tahitian, <laughs> and then I went into this Modi prayer that I knew. And after prayer, I went into some tongan, <laughs> some tongan words just to fill it out. <laughs> like, bro, we had the United Nations of Polynesia up there on stage, bro. <laughs> I was pulling out every Polynesian word I could think of. And then as soon as I came off stage, I was like, don't you ever put me on oh, stage until God. I memorize this again. <laughs> But I mean, luckily there were no actual Tahitian groups in the crowd. We didn't have any uh, <laughs> any actual Tahitian orators or anybody who spoke Tahitian. So I was like, "Oh, man, it's a lucky night, man. Lucky night." <laughs> we got a, we got a bunch of uh, people from uh, Asia, and we got a bunch of people okay. from you know, wherever. Out of expectation. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> But <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, man, I'll always be grateful, man. I'll always be grateful. Yeah, that's live theater for you. Man. PCC that's, will always man, be in my heart, man. If we ever get to Broadway, we're like, oh, we've done this before. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Like, especially if you're on stage, like in that sort of setting. Oh yeah, and as you. an MC, for example, there's nowhere to hide. You know what I mean? Because as an MC, there's only you. You can't hide behind nobody. You can't hide behind nothing. <laughs> you suck. It's going to be very apparent that you suck. Oh, man. Well, you better be good. You can ask me right now. You can ask me on air, too. But remember, there was this one uh, Elite Luo uh, host that she was younger. I know. I'm not trying oh, to make oh, you drop whoa, whoa, names. You're wanting like, me to oh, drop names? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about. I won't. I, I'll yeah, try not to drop I mean, any names. Uh, Ooh, she's younger. Like, she's younger, and like, I just remember because I love what you said. Like, it's only you, and if people know you suck, dude, you suck, and you know it's bad when the dancers. Are like what the heck, you know? But you know, it, but the always people don't know this. But the new hosts—I'll <laughs> edit this out. But like, pe- the new hosts are always in Hale Kauai because, like, that's the little stage, you know. That's your like prep up for Hale Ohana or Aloha. But do you know who I'm talking about? Remember? And then I just remember like the singing was all. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Let's just say during that time, we were going through a very rough yeah. patch as far as finding new talent and new blood. And we, <laughs> what's, the, what's the word? Beggars couldn't be choosers. <laughs> no, but I will say this, though. I will say this in regards to that person or anyone else who steps on stage. If you have the courage to step on stage, my hat's off to you. 
it's not an easy thing. It is not. Being on stage, especially if for something for doing something that you've never really done before, like it's tough, man. It really is. It's a hard thing to do. And if you got the galls to do it, hey, my hat's off to you, yeah. man. So, you know, hats off to that particular person. We're not gonna drop any names, but hey, hats off to them. They put their heart out there and they, they did all they yeah, could, yeah, man. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna we gonna keep it classy, good. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you and I when you and I end this conversation, we're gonna talk on the yeah. phone there. You know, you know you, we, we can, you're one of my, we you're my favorite hosts and uh even Josh Wallace, because you know, Josh is you know the Popolo guy, you know what I mean? He's a you know, Josh, dude, shout out to him to be somebody, and, and not only Josh too. There was another, there was another MC as well who was not of Polynesian descent at all, who didn't have a lick of Polynesian blood in their DNA, but they stepped on stage. You know what I mean, and, and delivered what they could. Honestly, shout out to Josh, Popolo. Josh the man. <laughs> That's what I call him backstage, cousin Popolo. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is. I was like, Josh, you gotta, you gotta say you're Fijian. You can't say you're any other culture. Say you're Fijian. Yeah, one time at uh, Hale Ohana, and I saw. <laughs> Did you say that? Hello, Rotuma. Hello, Rotuma. Oh, oh. Slay out from the island of guys over there. If you can see that we knew. Oh. Oh, man. oh yeah, man! Rest in love, Eddie, man. Oh, brother Eddie, rest in love, man. One of the coolest cats you'll ever meet. One of the yes, he is the true definition of humble, man. Shout out to Eddie, true definition of humility, man. I love that guy, man. So sad what happened to him, you know. It's a terrible accident, but you know. Shout out to him, man. Rest in love, yeah. my brother. Yeah, love you. Miss you, man. Amazing times. And like, yeah, we I remember the night, one of the craziest nights I remember. I don't know if you were there. Because I was really shocked when John Raymond came out to be the priest. Well, it was the night that uh that uh Papa Maritirangi died, you know, John Raymond's father, Ray. And uh, Yep. Really? You know, you know he wasn't supposed to come out that night? I was slated. I was slated to step on stage that night. So that night, the day that that uh, that uh, the OG passed away, man. He, I never met him, and so I, I, that was one of my biggest regrets. I hope I was. I always wished I'd get a chance to meet him. But yeah, I wasn't supposed. I wasn't slated to go on stage that night. But then John shows up. Uncle John showed up, and then when, like, when he showed up, you know, I approached him. I was like, "Hey, you know, I know you're going through, you know, some rough things right now, but hey, maybe it might be a good chance for you to step on stage tonight." And he's like, "No, he re he refused at first. He was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm good. I'm good.' I was like, "Hey, Uncle, it's you, man. This is you." And so he he did. He, he took it and he took the staff and yeah we were all crying went on stage and represented his father even came to help us drum for the station section so that drummer's cave was full with the nitro drummers and the village all came to 
to support, yep. you know, and that was the best time I've ever heard the Otea. And it was just felt, it just felt like we are just walking, we were just, we're just on the shoulders of these giants before us, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I will, I will share an awesome experience with that as well. It was, I think it was maybe, maybe a year after his passing. Um, I man, same thing, bro. I stepped on stage that night, <clears throat> and I gave, and I and I gave the spiel. You know, I gave the entire uh, um, orero, and man, there's a feeling that you get. You know what I mean? And I guarantee you felt it. But there's that feeling that you get, where literally you feel like you and you encompass or you embody all of them who came before you. You know what I mean? All the ancestors who came before you. I had that moment. And that was like one of the first times I've ever felt it where I've, I had the embodiment of, of all the spirits of those who have gone before us there with me. And, you know, and man, when I was giving that, when I was giving it all out, bro, I couldn't just, I couldn't stop the tears from flowing. I couldn't. And even during the whole wedding ceremony, you know, I was tearing up and I look up and I remember who it was. It was, it was Sonatane, yeah. It was him and Tarina. And they were the, they were the Mananlani. And they look up and they're even they're even tearing up and shedding tears. And it's like moments like those where you know that your ancestors are there with you, though you know that the shoulders of the giants that you stand on, that they are true and they are real. Yeah. You know, and and ah. Uh, I miss yeah, moments I like that as well, man. It's very true. I didn't, very when I true. was doing knife at PCC, I never really did it all the time. I was like once a month. But that time I did knife, it just felt special. You know what I mean? Because people people know me as a fire knife champion and stuff, but people don't realize I never made the finals. You know, I, I won in the juniors. I won in the, the little juniors. I won in the intermediates. And I won seniors outside of that. They like I've won seniors in California. And things like that. So my brother, who is also a three-time champion himself, don't go family on TikTok, you know. You know, he, he was always on that stage. So, you <laughs> know, and I remember Dave Tiave on my one of my nights said, yep. Hey, now you now you get to do what you always wanted to do was eventually dance on that stage and you know, and be with the greats. You know, I've always, you know, loved fire knife and i love the life that it gave me because if it didn't i wouldn't have met you i wouldn't have met all of these great people and i i do feel that like when i sit in the middle of the stage i was like these are you know my brother was on this chief cielo cap you know david ed pula boyd like it's such a yep. crazy crazy experience to know i was dancing knife where they were you know well they still are some still are there <laughs> no no but it's true though man like yeah like when i was learning from fussy for example when i was learning from fussy you know hearing him tell the stories of what it used to be like back in the day and you know hearing him tell stories about all the dancers who, who came you know some of his favorites it was really amazing just to kind of see him really travel back in time at that moment where he's like reliving those experiences and it's man shout out to all of our ogs man all the ones that came before us man shout out to them because yeah they're the reasons why we're here 
They really are. Yeah, um, they're the reasons why we are who we are here today. That's why PCC is there is because of those who laid the foundation before any of us even came. Generations before us. I mean, what's how old is PCC now? You know, 57, I think. You know, and it, it's it just is, an amazing man. thing and, uh, to be a part of. It really is. You know, I, I'm i always grateful for that stage, and I'm always grateful for the time. I remember that flight back home, you know, from my EA to Orlando. I was like, you know, even though I may not ever come back as a dancer or employee of PCC, but at least I know I've, I can say that I, I was there and, you know, with that generation, the high generation, because, you know, my sister was in the Horizons era. My mom was in, you know, the We Are Polynesia era, or the We Are Polynesia, this is Polynesia era, you know, and some of my were in Mana, you know, so I was like, I closed that gap between all. It comes back full circle. It always does. It always comes back full circle, man. You know, my mom actually attended BYU Hawaii. This is that's a fun fact. My mom actually attended BYU Hawaii. She was never a PCC dancer though. She never actually <laughs> joined PCC for whatever reason. Mm. She used to actually work in the in the BYU Hawaii cafeteria. So uh, that was another trippy thing too. It's like when I went back, like my first time ever in the cafeteria, like I kind of sat by myself and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, my mom used to come to this school. She used to work inside this Crazy. very cafeteria. Yeah, <laughs> So you know what I mean? Like we, they paved the way. You know, we all just end up making it full circles back around. My my little sister attended BYU Hawaii. She uh, worked in the Hawaiian Village. I have another sister who who danced PCC for a very short time. Um, who danced night show for a little bit. Um, you know, my family used to be a big family of performers. And I think I'm the only one that continually carries it out. <laughs> Man, oh, bro, this is going to kill me, bro. Uh, do you remember the song, the intro song to Alilua? I know, like, we just came from, like, being super, <laughs> super philosophical to, like, back to singing and stuff. But do you remember the first song, the intro song, like, after the Otea and then it was you? <laughs> uh... I can hear the surfs off oh, no. the shores of the Kolo. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Hukilo. Oh, it was called Hukilo. Uh, this is my aloha to you. That's what the song is called. Oh, my God. No, it's called This song. is my aloha oh, to bro. you. I remember now, Paka. I remember the, the Otea and the Marquesas section. But it's I always like, dude, what was that beginning song? Yeah, bro. It's called This Is My Aloha. Now we're getting getting all the dancers back. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, dancers. Welcome back. We had the actors. Now we have the dancers. What's up, everybody? (laughs) I love that we're talking. Exactly. I'm surprised how many people actually live here in Utah as well. Yeah, there's a lot, man. Tripler's here. PJ Liwa's here. Uh, Yeah. Do you ever run into like Aussie and all those guys over there? (laughs) No, I haven't had a chance to, but I do see them together a lot. (laughs) It's so crazy that, like, 
I was just there, what, 2000, I would say 2015, I was there, the end of 14 to 15. And now, like, five years later, we're just in a different, we're all in, like, different places in our lives now. Yeah. For real, though, man. Yeah, bro, like, this, this podcast is, like, totally perfect, because usually, you know, with other people, like, I'll get stuff ready and things like that, like, I'll kind of research a little bit what they do, but for us, I just, like, is it like talking, like catching up with an old friend, you know? Looking at me. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we okay. had a fight, kind of lost connection really quick. Sorry, hold on. Uh, I can hear you a little bit. Yeah, I can hear you now. How about now? Oh, it's all good. It's all Sorry, good. my Wi-Fi was kind of cutting out a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was going to... So but, yeah. Oh, um, gosh, sorry, dude. where were we? Because if this thing... Because uh, the app, like, after a certain time, it blogs up, but then I'll call you back on it. So you can, like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe yeah, what we can do is yeah. we can save the rest of our so, conversation for yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, because we've been talking right. for almost two hours. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> hey, honestly, man, thank you again for the opportunity to be on your podcast. It's, it's fun being able to talk and share stories yeah, about. Yeah, it, it, What's up, everybody? I hope you guys love that episode with me and Brother Lehigh. It's good to see my man Lehigh go from the PCC stage, from the mission field, all the way to TV and film. I think it's such a blessing to have him as a friend and also as a brother and PCC alumni. So grateful to have him as a friend and somebody to look up to when it comes to film and TV. Because that's something that is probably the next steps that I want to take in my career as well. So awesome episode. This Friday... We have episode 40 with the awesome Travis Kaka, well-accomplished musician, singer, dancer, you name it. He's done it all this Friday. Be ready. This episode is going to be one of the longest, and it also talks about Josh Totofi, La Pippa Tuli, all of these people that have really shaped my life and shaped all of us lives that dance or love Polynesian music. So until Friday, we'll see you guys later. Peace.